0: welcome to Inner Woman Wellness. So today I am joined by Nigel Denby, who is a menopause dietitian. So we're going to be delving into how food can really help you um, navigate the maze that is menopause that many women find themselves in. Um, so yeah, Nigel, welcome, and thank you for joining us today. Oh,
1: Georgia, it's a pleasure. Thank you. I've uh, been watching your feed for a long time, and I love what you're doing. So it's so nice to have the chance to chat.
0: Oh, thank you. And likewise, like you're a fountain of knowledge. So I'm I'm really excited to to get into it today and I think what would be great for our viewers and our listeners would be just to get a background of yourself how you got into the work that you do um, and yeah Yeah, really
1: yeah absolutely so um, um, I'm I'm a registered dietitian I've been practicing for 20 odd years Um, originally I was a chef and, and have always been involved with food so I love To eat, Uh, I love to cook, Um, and a long time ago, I kind of I wanted to find a way of continuing to do something with food that um, had a bit more meaning to it than uh, kind of hospitality. Um, I'm not a very, I wasn't certainly a very academic person. So when it, I realised it was going to be four years at uni um and i hadn't even got an o level in maths never mind any sciences i went back and did an access course so in total it was 5 years studying um to qualify but it was the best thing i ever did and i instantly knew that um uh, women 's health was going to be an area that I was particularly interested in. It became so clear right from the start and and I think also before I trained coming from a family of matriarchs, I just could see that women were desperately underserved incredibly confused um, incredibly pressured to fit a certain criteria which Actually, hardly any of any women do fit that criteria. And I just thought, um, you know, I'm not somebody who wants to work on a hospital ward. I want to work out talking to uh, women who can take action. So it's very much about preventative work that I like to do. Um, And also, I think just improving people's quality of life you know and um, we are on here for what can seem like a long time but actually it goes so quickly and i've seen so many women women whose lives have been blighted by trying to achieve that you know that elusive perfection if it if it's about their weight and i think god what an awful waste of of time to be chasing something that is really a number on the scales half the time
0: yeah and i think that's i think that's the really sad thing because i read somewhere there was there was like these statistics about how many thoughts women have in a day about what they look like and about their weight and it was something scary that over the course of a year a woman spends i think something like the equivalent of three weeks or something like just thinking about their weight and themselves and it's there's so many thoughts a day. And I was like, honestly, and I you speak to women and they're like, you know, I've got a loving husband, I've got my kids, but I am still obsessed and fixated. And I think that's what it is so frustrating that women all across of all ages are still feeling this this pressure. And especially like when you're going through menopause as well, like it's such a hard time of your life anyway. But to add that pressure onto yourself, it's just
1: Well, absolutely. And I think once, um, you know, menopause or perimenopause starts kicking in your body really does completely change and anything that you might have been able to do in the past to control your weight is highly unlikely to work for you in menopause because of uh, the hormonal changes that are going on. So estrogen completely changes the way or the lack of estrogen completely changes the way your body lays down fat. Um, and As estrogen levels fall, that triggers your body to lose muscle tissue, which has a massive metabolic effect on Mm. the body. It means that you start to need fewer calories every day. And if you don't make changes to your lifestyle, you will almost certainly gain weight. So we see about 75% of women going through the menopause or, or the perimenopause also who will gain anything um, up to around about a kilo and a half a year as their hormones change. That doesn't sound an awful lot, but the average weight gain in um, over the whole period of the menopause or, or the perimenopause will be about 10 kilograms. That's a good dress size. Um, And for a woman maybe who's never really had to worry too much about her weight before, that can be quite horrifying. Or for a woman who has never stopped worrying about her weight all her life, suddenly it can just feel as if with everything else that's getting thrown at her, now her weight is just spiraling out of control, Um, which leaves women feeling desperate. And of course, often looking for um, crazy magic wand solutions that are really empty promises. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: makes my job harder because what I'm always trying to promote is um, far, it it can seem far less sexy than, you know, the latest diet fad. Um, The problem is, often what happens with um, a quick fix diet approach is that a lot more muscle tissue is lost before fat tissue is lost and it can particularly at this time in life do more harm than good. Um, So you know you will still hear me until banging on about healthy eating, getting more active, less calories in, more calories out I think what I've learned over the years, though, Georgia, that I've been doing this is that actually what women really need. Nowadays, women are very well informed. Mm -hmm. Most women who come to see me know exactly what they need to do. They know that they maybe drink a bit too much wine or that their portion sizes are a bit too big or that when it comes down to sitting down finally in the evening when everything's over, that's when the munchies kick in, you know it's It's fairly straightforward, but what's most difficult is actually doing it, making the changes and sticking with them. And that's everything I'm all about is whatever you are going to have to do to manage your weight in menopause, you are going to have to do for the rest of your life because you will be a menopausal woman for the rest of your life. In fact, nowadays, you'll probably spend more years in menopause than you did out of them. You know, it's, it's amazing. It's only, what, a couple of hundred years ago that women weren't even expected to live beyond yeah. their mid-40s. So nature never intended a woman to have to go through menopause. It's only quite recently since, you know, we've had... Better healthcare, better hygiene, that we live longer, um, that women might spend four or five decades in a menopausal state. So my view is, well, we blinking well, better make sure that that's really good quality life um, and not something you know that is governed by horrible symptoms and weight gain.
0: Exactly, and that's so super important. And you said like calories in, calories out. Completely agree, but it's also I think the education around calories because obviously you know you might eat less calories, but if you're eating you know ten donuts a day, that's not good quality calories. So it's it's how do we get to a place where obviously as I, like I assume to so say like me now I'm in you know I know I'm not in perimenopause, I'm not in menopause, but would you suggest to women in general? To start looking at the lifestyle so it's not as drastic when you come through to menopause. Totally. And yeah. to, to, how do we get that education out there of actually how we can make it a bit more less, less painful and less overwhelming when you yeah. hit that point?
1: So regardless of who I'm working with, the first thing I want to know is are you gaining weight right now? -hmm. Or are you holding things steady, or are you losing? Mm -hmm. I'm not particularly bothered about how many calories you're consuming. That tells me enough. So if I'm, if you're saying to me, well, no, I'm, I mean, I'm bigger than I want to be, but I'm holding it steady. Okay, right. What we need to do is let's have a look at what you're doing, Mm -hmm. and let's see how we achieve a 500 calorie deficit Mm -hmm. in that. How do we trim those calories off? And that can be relatively straightforward. So again, depending what your habits are, it might be a case that we trim back some wine, that we reduce your portion sizes. Very often I'll be having somebody eat quite a lot more than they're used to eating through the day. So that by the time it comes to meals, they're much more able to eat, go into their meals feeling hungry, not ravenous. Yeah. And that they eat until they're satisfied, not stuffed. And I think a lot of us are eating much more than we need to at a meal, because we eat too quickly. We don't recognise satiety, that feeling of satisfaction. Um, and all that is is no longer hungry. Yeah, that's all satisfaction. We all tend to eat until you know we are overfull. Um, we also don't need to see what sort of patterns you have. So do you eat emotionally? When you know, when you're stressed or unhappy or very happy or, you know, what are the patterns there? Because this is where the basic equation of weight loss then starts to become personalized. You know, nobody I've ever worked with has an issue with their weight because they're greedy and lazy they have an issue with their weight because they have learned behaviours throughout their life, which might even stem back from childhood, you know, about how food can be a comfort or or whatever. But those behaviours have now made it um, almost guaranteed that your weight is going to become an issue and become more difficult. So what we've got to do is really change those lifestyle behaviours, and none of those things are rocket science. But, my goodness, they are hard to do if you are going to have to do them every day for the rest of your life. And this is where this whole shift in lifestyle is the troublesome bit because it's way more attractive to look at the idea of you know going on um, the keto diet or going on you know, intermittent fasting or uh the apple cider vinegar diet or something that is going to be much more dramatic it's going to be short term anybody can do a dramatic diet for a few weeks you know that's easy um But ultimately, nothing in your lifestyle is changing. When that diet becomes too difficult, you will go back to what you were doing before. And I see women time and time again who have been through this cycle of yo-yoing for 20, 30 years, probably um, a good 10 to 20 kilos heavier than when they ever started dieting completely screwed metabolism completely screwed mind and self-image and self-belief and self-worth and we end up I end up actually unraveling all of that before we can start from scratch you know you're absolutely right about the quality of calories you know I think one of the most important things I'm going to do when I I sit down with a woman and and work with her on this is think about her heart health, her bone health, which are all going to be affected by the um, changes that are happening hormonally. Diet and nutrition cannot get rid of somebody's hot flashes. It can't suddenly give you your libido back. It can't give you get rid of your brain fog. But what it really can do is improve the quality of your life by um, getting in charge of your weight. It can extend your life. Um, and in many instances, it will save your life yeah. because more women will die of a heart attack postmenopausal than anything else. Yeah. We don't talk about heart disease and postmenopause, but as soon as you lose your estrogen, your risk of heart disease raises to the same as a man's. Nobody talks about that. Um, and so, you know, we have to put, diet is one of the greatest um, influences on reducing your risk of heart disease. We, and it's simple, you know, more oily fish, get your fruit and veg in, soluble fibre, lose about 10% of your, your um, weight, get a bit more active, less salt, easy things that people know but i think i've got i'm not even taking a breath but i as you can tell i get kind of passionate about this why i love working with this group of women is there is something about menopause that is a time in a woman's life where she takes stock mm-hmm. she stops she's probably quite confident about who she is at that point she's achieved a lot of the things she wants to do you know her family are a bit less dependent she's maybe got where she wants to in her career whatever but she's ready to take action and she's ready to take control and that for me is 70 percent of what i need is a woman ready to take responsibility for her life and that's what i'm asking someone to do i am not handing them a diet sheet that is a one size fits all magic wand quick fix fad what i'm actually doing is saying let's look at what you do let's accept that is why you have a weight issue you haven't gotten an over an underactive thyroid you're not big boned this is why you eat too much at the end of the day, you drink too much wine, you graze whilst you're getting dinner ready because you're so hungry because you haven't eaten throughout the day. You know, all of these little things, that's what the problem is. Now, let's put some strategies together to change all of that. Let's give you the accountability you want, not bullying, but the accountability that you want. And let's actually put some support together so that you are doing this specifically with somebody like me and this is my job yeah you know this is what i do day in day out don't do it with your best mate don't do it with your sister don't do it with you know i don't know your husband God, these people all have roles in your life they're not meant to be your your diet buddy
0: yeah exactly
1: um so there we are. Yeah.
0: And so on the flip side, though, so if you have a woman that is, you know, very active, she's always maintained her weight, she's always eaten well, but she's still struggling. And if she comes to you, is there certain is there certain foods that, you know, because there is such a drop in estrogen, is there? What would you say to someone who is just like at the end of their time mm-hmm. that they were doing everything right, so to speak, from day one? What? How would you? What would you suggest to kind of help? You?
1: Well very often there what we have to do is look at what rather than, it's more common rather than the foods being the issue, uh, it's often more about um, the uh, mix of exercise. So very often we'll find that a woman is hurling herself into the gym, she's doing lots of classes, But actually, when we look at her baseline, her physical activity levels rather than her exercise, it's almost non-existent. So I'm actually I start with steps. Mm. You know, are you doing your 10,000 steps? Very few of us are. You really have to opt into that. That's the first thing. If you've got your steps to a level that you are active enough, you are going to get so much more benefit out of the planned exercise that you do and that's well evidenced you know this has been shown in clinical trials it's the thing that will make that difference but aerobic exercise on its own at menopause is not enough yeah so we've established that you're losing some muscle tissue because right we hate the word essentially your loss of estrogen tells your body you're aging and aging means that you lose muscle tissue. Um, The beauty of muscle tissue is, you can build new muscle tissue, you can replace it. So all you ever do with your fat cells is empty them out or fill them up as you lose and gain weight. Once a fat cell is full, you make a new one, but you will never ever lose those cells muscle cells you lose and gain according to how active you are so we get your ten thousand steps in to complement any exercise you're doing and then we have a very carefully planned but quite simple range of weight resistance exercise that uses really your body as the resistance and that can be as simple as pilates but it needs to be something that you do regularly probably five mornings a week and it only needs to be about 15 minutes Mm. but if we can design a range of exercise that tackles your big muscle groups so upper body and arms your back your core and abs and your bum and your thighs we can put a, a sequence together of that then that combined with your 500 calorie deficit plus your 10,000 steps is the basic formula that will achieve 99% of the time, a weight loss of somewhere between a half and two pounds a week. No more than that. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're losing more than two pounds a week, that starts to become fatty. You will not be losing fat. You'll be losing muscle and you'll be making the situation worse. Mm -hmm. And actually, you know georgia i think for a massive group of women also this the importance of this plan is that the woman is in charge of it so if she's losing half a pound a week and is on average that's two pounds a month and is looking and thinking that i can do this i could keep this going it doesn't misery i can still go out for dinner i can still have a glass of wine on a friday or whatever it is then fine that's absolutely fine if she starts losing her half a pound a week and decides actually i could go a bit harder at this then that's great too if on the other hand she's losing two pounds a week and thinking this is really tough though you know then we we lighten it a little bit maybe allow it to be a bit slower but very much work at the rate that is right for that woman because everybody's different and in the same way i really encourage people to use a variety of ways of measuring their success so yes of course the scales but you know taking bust, waist and hip measurements if you're going to build muscle and lose some fat you are going to change shape and that won't necessarily be reflected uh, at the same rate on the scales use a blouse and a pair of jeans that you could only wear on thin days you know it's just a bit snug those sorts of things and also i think measure optimism and confidence and um you know that feeling of empowerment these are all so important when it comes to weight not just for menopausal women for any woman you know that feeling of i've got this is amazing
0: yeah exactly and i'm i'm definitely like at my age i kind of go hell for leather for a few weeks and then i'm like oh god like oh but then I have overindulged one week and then I'm oh god I can't get back into it so it's definitely I'm definitely learning how to make it as a lifestyle and allow myself different treats and not mm. to myself but it is I feel like for women it is I feel when you hit menopause there's certain there's people that kind of maybe have been active all the time and have really like looked after themselves it's understanding that your body is changing and it needs different elements like you can still be active but it's just looking at it in a different way and and i think that's what sometimes some women struggle about when they think oh mm. like, menopause like is changing everything when actually it doesn't have to it just needs tweaking i think is that is that the way that we would we would i, say-
1: I would certainly say yeah you know and if you're if you're it's one of those things that you know if you're Other symptoms, let's face it, oestrogen affects every single cell in your body from the top of your head to the tip of your toe. So, If you're struggling with a lot of symptoms, you definitely need to get some advice about how those could be managed. You know, you need to understand what the risks and benefits are for HRT and if that's the right thing for you. Um, But when it comes to your weight, without doubt, it's absolutely vital to find a plan that is absolutely tailored to you. You know, I often work with women um, struggling with a weight for other hormonal issues like polycystic ovarian syndrome. And again, there, you know, the hormones are having the influence. You've got insulin resistance, which is essentially turning you into a fat storing machine. If you, just keep embarking on the same sort of um, diets that women without pcos are following you are actually going to make this situation worse but the reality is tackle it in a lifestyle format you can even get rid of your pcos yeah you know it's amazing yeah. um, and that's just another another example though of the hormonal influence
0: yeah exactly and I think that's the so what would so how obviously gut health is something that we talk about all the time but yeah it's it's kind of one of those things that you either you're really interested in learning about it or you kind of know that it's important but you don't really think about it (laughs) and like for me like fermented foods and all that I'm a bit like oh god like it just doesn't doesn't nothing that I want to go near really yeah how does gut health does that come into menopause and how we can handle it and how does that link in
1: Yeah, very much so. So um, when it comes to things like irritable bowel syndrome and general issues around digestive health, we certainly see more incidents in women um, approaching and and during the menopause. Um, not entirely sure why. Again, whether that might be that women are taking stock and kind of think, right, I'm going to deal with that as well. But without doubt, the gut bacteria, the microbiome, is an area of health which is receiving more attention, more research now than any other area. We understand it so much more than we ever did. We know about the link with immunity, 70% of your immunity controlled by the gut bacteria. It's amazing. Um, The link with the brain and appetite um, Links with the nervous system and, of course, with digestion. Um, and I, I think now we can safely say with things like good quality clinical probiotics. So not things you'll buy off the shelf in Holland and Barrett necessarily, but ones that have, have had the research behind them to prove their efficacy that they work. Um, with those, where appropriate with um, perhaps trialing things like the low fodmap diet which can be incredibly helpful to rest the gut from the challenges of very healthy foods that need fermenting as part of their digestion that has revolutionized how we treat ibs makes a massive difference and often gives the sufferer the information that they need to know exactly which foods will trigger symptoms so they can avoid them, or if they choose to eat them, that they know why they don't feel great the next day. Um, But there are so many other really simple things with digestive health to do. You know, part of what can stress the gut bacteria and stress the digestive system in general is stress. You know, people living life at 100 miles an hour or working in environments that are incredibly stressful. You know, personally, lockdown has worked very well for me. I've quite enjoyed it. For a lot of people, you know, I am not a mum who is trying to work at home, homeschool three kids, deal with a husband who's working at home, and the chaos that that's all bringing. That's a massive stress for somebody so we've seen ibs go through the roof in in lockdown which just shows how much stress can have um, an influence again with all of these things generally what it is and I'll, i'll often describe it like this you kind of build up a toolbox of management techniques to deal with your issue there isn't one solution and rarely Is there a universal cause? So a bit like again with the weight issues, if I'm working with someone with IBS, we've got to pull all of this apart and understand when did this start? What were the triggers? It's rarely something that just started last month. You know, if you go back over someone's history, you might see a pattern of loads of antibiotics when they were a kid, a bit of a dodgy lifestyle during uni a bit of traveling picking up gastroenteritis or food poisoning maybe then a simple um not a simple surgery but something like a c-section giving you know massive uh, trauma to the gut stressful busy lives now and all of a sudden you can trace it back and think this started when you were six yeah you know and now let's just nurture this system Put it right, um, so you can get on with your life.
0: Yeah, exactly. I think it's so important, um, and it does baffle me just how interlinked it is to everything. The gut, and, I, and for mm. me, I'm a massive believer on like, well, and stress contributing to so many things. And I think it just comes out, especially in women. Like we're just our bodies react so much more drastically to stress than men, and I think that's something that you know our brains have like the world's evolved so much but our bodies haven't kept up with the changes that has happened in the world so we're still like oh there's a tiger fight or flight and actually it's just a traffic jam so it's kind of understanding that that we haven't evolved as much as the world around us has and it kind of i always think i always laugh to myself now and try and keep that in my mind because then it makes me be a bit more forgiving and i think yeah we can always be our harshest critic. And I think women were very good at putting ourselves down and being hard on ourselves when actually Mm. that only contributes to the stress.
1: You're so right, Georgia. I really like the way you've put that because the the reality is most of the, the elements that I deal with, I suppose, really are almost what we call syndromes, irritable bowel syndrome. Um, Premenstrual syndrome, polycystic ovarian syndrome, we could probably call menopause estrogen deficiency syndrome. That's what we should be calling it. And these syndromes and the symptoms that they produce are essentially your body saying, I don't like how you're, you're treating me. Yeah. You know, this isn't going to kill you, but you carry on with this and life is going to get pretty miserable. You know, and I think the big thing I always want to look at now is you know we 've created this environment where we can live quite normally into our nineties. The quality of those decades though is down to us. Medicine will keep us alive, but we can either be you know the the old lady sitting in a home unable to walk across the room or we can be there was a woman on my facebook group yesterday it's called harley street at home and it's all about women just taking control of their lives and i always talk about this 80 year old woman that you might look at and think that's what i want to be like and we found her Yesterday, one of our ladies was walking around and doing her circuits to get her ten thousand steps around the.
0: Did you see it? Yeah,
1: Sam Palmer. Yeah, and she saw this lady and she just stopped and talked to her on her phone, and then we posted it up on the site. And I just thought, you're our like uh, the face of everything that these women want to be. You're our supermodel, you know. Um, And it was it was just lovely, but. The reality is becoming that woman is a choice. It isn't going to happen by accident, you know, and we are the generation, well, I'm a lot older than you, but, you know, out this generation, we have so much knowledge about what we can do to improve our health. Um, If we don't take it, I don't think we can blame anybody else for that
0: exactly i think that's super important i think it's i think that's what i'm definitely saying more like everything in life is a choice and it's kind of what you you always have the chance to change it and you might not have made you know the best decisions but you can always change it and that's mm. every day is a new new fresh slate i feel yeah <laughs>
1: and it's getting better you know yeah. you look at the generation behind us and, okay. God, when i was at school all we wanted to do was smoke Get pissed, try a few drugs, you know, have as much sex as we could, you name it. Do all of those things. I look at teenagers now, they don't want to drink, they certainly don't want to smoke, they don't want to have sex. And I'm like, my god, you are going to have some crazy, you know, some really healthy older <laughs> years, but you know, have a bit of fun as well.
0: <laughs> it's is, it is interesting to see the generational change, it's been, yeah, it's, it's fascinating. So what would you kind of say then, like for women who are kind of stuck in menopause hell and they're just like, I don't know what to do. What would you say, like off the top of your head, easy steps, things to put into your diet that could massively help?
1: Right. First thing I would do, the thing I would do for anybody is keep a, a minimum of a three day food and activity diary. You have got to write this stuff down. Once you have a look at it, you will probably immediately see some direct things that you want to change. You might be surprised at the grazing you're doing or, or any of the things that we've been talking about. But
0: well, because I, I know like when I food journal, sometimes I'm like, oh, well, I just won't put that chocolate biscuit. It's yeah. only chocolate biscuit, but you've got to be honest.
1: Yeah, absolutely. What I would also say is if anybody wants a really good tried and tested template of a food diary that looks at your emotional eating, your, um, the structure of your diet, the influences of other people. Send me a direct message and I will gladly point you in the direction of one. So food diary first. Then once you've done that, I would say pick three things you want to work on. No more than that, just keep it very, very simple. Doesn't have to be about weight loss either. It could be that you do your diary and you think, Some days I don't eat any fruit and veg. But then, once you do decide what the change is going to be, make it a really smart change, you know. And I was, and it's a bit corny, but smart changes make it specific. If you want to, if you notice you're going to eat more fruit and veg, well don't just say i'm going to eat more fruit and veg how many pieces make it measurable achievable realistic and something that's time specific when are you going to start these things if you then get those three things under your belt great you can introduce another three Mm -hmm. and within six months you could be living a totally different lifestyle
0: That's, that's really good advice and i think like So with your, so with the diet, is it kind of when you get estrogen deficiency, are there foods like I read somewhere, isn't it like, like green leafy veg is good for different hormones and balancing it? Like, what would you kind of off the bat be like, this should be in your diet? Like if it's not, put this in.
1: Okay. You're not going to like this one, Georgia, but um, what should be in your diet? Is a little bit of everything. Yeah. The you know, this idea that soya beans or um, you know, mushrooms gathered with the morning dew from the foot of a mountain are going to be your cure to menopausal symptoms, yeah, is taking us down our fad diet route. Yeah. The diet for menopause, but there is no diet for replacing oestrogen. There is only one thing that's going to replace estrogen, and that will be HRT. Yeah. And you, if your symptoms are problematic enough, you need to explore that. If you haven't got many bad symptoms and you're managing all right, then you, you don't necessarily need to worry about that. If you're gaining weight, understand why. And that's your food diary. It won't just be down to one food yeah it will be down to a combination of lifestyle choices which need to be adjusted not necessarily all of them it might not mean you need to give any of them up you will just need to tweak them yeah um but i think you know that that would be is always has to be the message um you know but don't suffer in silence What I've learned, I've only been involved in Instagram since lockdown and I really thought this was going to be a very fluffy, superficial, insincere place. It's not. There is an amazing network of people who really care, really know and really want to be able to help you. And I think just be brave enough to reach out to people that you like the sound of and see what they've got to offer. Because um, I, I have been so impressed with Instagram and with this kind of women's health network that there are. That I have met very few people on here that I've thought, yeah, I don't like, you know, I don't trust you. These are good people.
0: Yeah. Exactly. They
1: don't
0: suffer. Yeah, and I think that's the really important thing is it's, it's across the board of all women's health because uh, I was really like, oh, adverse to social media and then I've been on it. It's just, bit, it is amazing. Like there's so many fountains of knowledge that you can just loop in like yourself. Like it is it is so, it just opens up a whole new world. And I think women are realising that they don't have to suffer silence. Like my mum is such a technophobe, but I'm like, generally the information that you can find out by signing up to Instagram and following different people could actually really make your menopause so much more manageable. Mm. Um mm. she's she got edging towards signing up. So it is it's 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 a great way to get info out there. Um and so just where kind of rounding off where can people find you and if they want to know more information how can they you-
1: thank you yeah um well obviously i've got my instagram feed so that's um menopause dietitian and my facebook group is completely free to join it's called harley street at home menopause and we post we've got a a small group of experts on there we've got over a thousand women with us now who are asking about their hormone health asking about weight we run group sessions we do yoga we do pilates we do whatever these women, uh, the women want um and and the one thing i mean it's 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 quite a new group actually but the one thing we are totally committed on is that any of the information that's provided there must be free anything that's there must be trustworthy and safe and it is a totally safe environment um, it's a private group so you are you know in good company that's a great place to start um, certainly also I would uh, well nobody's probably going to be watching this if they're not following you but I would certainly be also saying you know follow your site because I love the, the experts you've been bringing in, you ask really sensible questions, which is is really nice. You do your research before you do a live, and that that means a lot because it means you get a lot out of your experts. Yeah. So, exactly. you know, well done, you. Keep doing what you're doing.
0: Oh, thank you, and honestly, like, thank you so much for taking the time to um, talk with me today. It's been super insightful, and I'm sure like we'll connect and. Sort something else out as well. well.
1: We'll do some more.
0: So it's honestly, thank you so much, Nigel.
1: Pleasure. Really enjoyed it.
0: Oh, me too. And take care and have a wonderful rest of the week.
1: You too. Nice to have you back, Georgia. Cheers. Oh,
0: take care.
1: Bye. Bye.